Okay. <laughs> when you're um, recording. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm recording. I just hit record. Uh, yeah. Mac, do you agree to appear on the Swim Swam podcast? And do you agree to allow Swim Swam to promote this media for the podcast series? You go for it. Yes. <laughs> All right. This is going to be good. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very special guest. Uh, you're going to want to tune into this. He is an Olympic champion in the 400 meter freestyle. He's a world champion, uh, Pan Pacific medalist, Commonwealth Games champion. He's He won like 17 medals at the world junior championships in 2013. That's, that's what he really wanted me to, to, to start with. We've got Mac Horton on deck. Mac, how's it going, man? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Also, I said to you before we started, please excuse my hair, um, but I'm going to say to everyone else as well, please excuse my hair because Melbourne's been locked down for the last three months. So I've been able to get a haircut in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I I said this to you before we started. I think your hair looks freaking awesome. Uh, but let's let's t- t- we're, we're going to start with the here and now. Tell me about the last three months. Um, you're in Melbourne. You've been locked down. What has that been like for you? Honestly, for me, pretty normal. Um, we've still been able to swim, which has been unbelievable. I cannot believe they let us in the pool. Um, and it doesn't actually feel quite right because so many businesses are having to close, so many people are losing jobs, and we're just somehow allowed to swim laps up and down a pool, um, which obviously I'm super grateful for. But, yeah, it, it feels super strange with everything that's going on. Um, just in the last couple of days, though, they've – opened up lockdown um and so there's uh it's a bit celebratory i would say everyone's very up and about (laughs) nice uh that's i mean that sounds pretty cool um did i saw that they're having kind of like a some sort of let's see an aussie virtual relay blitz uh did you get to participate in that at all we did um it's really just time trials, though. I don't, virtual is a, I don't know, maybe a bit of a stretch. It's really just time trials, and then we'll compare the times. Um, everyone did them on different days, like depending on which state you're in. Uh, and obviously, everyone did them under different conditions. Like in Victoria, there's a limit on how many people are allowed in the pool, etc. In Queensland, there's none of that. So they had they were able to race people. We were just doing one relay at a time. Um, which yeah is essentially a time trial, but it's it's good um, to have the opportunity to suit up uh, because really we've just been kind of living Groundhog Day for the last few months because all we can do is is train at the moment. Uh, can't travel to compete. Can't travel to train anywhere. Um, and obviously, like nothing happens on the weekends because <laughs> you're, you're locked down. So it's just swim and live. Um, so it's good to do something to mix it up a bit. Yeah. I mean, so how does, how has that lifestyle suited you thus far? I mean, you know, we're on like month seven of, of this global pandemic. Well, at least in the U S we are, um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you've been locked down for quite a while. Um, how does, you know, what, what, what is that like for you mentally, emotionally of just swimming and living? Like you said, um, initially, 
we've we've had two locks lockdowns here in Melbourne. Um, we had like two waves, and the first wave wasn't as uh, bad. Lockdown wasn't as bad, but we were out of the pool for like eight or nine weeks, which is the longest I've ever had in my career. Like I had six weeks after Rio. That was the biggest break I'd had up until that point. Okay. Um, and so this was massive, and it was like probably a novelty at the start. Um, it was kind of fun, but then as everything started to close, it's like, okay, there's nothing to do. I'm just like going to ride out this nine weeks. And that was pretty flat and tough. I would say, um, I think, I don't know. It was kind of like an insight into maybe how normal people live. I'm not sure because like, I'm so used to starting every day exactly the same way. And so it always puts me like in the same spot mentally, um, and like there were days during this lockdown, I was like, I don't want to get out of bed until like 11 or something. And then I wouldn't do anything all day. It's like, what am I doing? And then days where I'm super motivated. So it was like this roller coaster. I was like, maybe this is how normal people live, but I'm not sure. Um, and then the second lockdown, we've, we've been able to swim. So that's been great. And like for me, I love training and I love the routine and I love just kind of living my life around that if that makes sense so training and lockdown is like the dream for me really um <laughs> as long as i can see a few friends uh and i can maintain my routine i'm happy yeah <laughs> that i got you you talked about you know this is maybe this is a, a normal person life is like and it's like holy holy moly man you really you really hit that hit me uh because it's it's it was it's bizarre you know it's like some some mornings you get up and you're like oh 6 a.m i'm gonna go for it i'm going to the gym i'm working out and some mornings it's like yeah i i'm not getting out of bed for what it's like my desk is yeah. right there i i don't have to go to work i don't have to do anything it's like yeah for what it's crazy it's crazy and like i still as a swimmer, like I'm still working towards something, like there's still something to motivate me at the end of it. Like there'd be people that would just, uh, it'd be so hard. I can't believe it. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, so you said, you, you know, you're, you're used to getting up in the mornings and kind of getting your head in that state every day. Do you, do you always train in the mornings? Yeah, we do six mornings a week, Monday to Saturday. And then we do, uh, three afternoons monday wednesday friday um so yeah just on that morning grind which i love <laughs> i'd rather have an afternoon off than a morning i don't know i'm sure there's many opinions out there in the swimming world that makes the most of your day i think if you swim in the morning what how how early are we talking what are what what time are your mornings up at 5 30 at the pool by six in by 6 30 is that yeah. early? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I think for for a swimmer, that's that's fairly typical. I don't know if I would want to do that every day personally, but that's why <laughs> I'm not an Olympic gold medalist, and you are. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so you, what time do you go to bed then? Because so see, the thing for me was like five thirty. It's like that up at five thirty to the pool by six. Like that, you know, I, I, I would always want to sleep till like six 30 or seven to get like nine hours, you know, or whatever. So, so what time do you go to bed then? I, I set up a thing on my phone, actually. I, I can't remember what it's called, but like stops all notifications at eight. 
um, and like basically locks me out of my phone. And so when <laughs> that happens, I try and shoot for being in bed within the next half an hour, so 8.30, and then I might read for like 45 minutes, an hour. So yeah. I, shoot, I shoot for eight hours sleep. Um, but then I have like luxury naps during the day as well of an hour, two hours, depending on how tired I am. So I can hit 10 easily if I want or need okay. really. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that seems pretty good. Uh, that's, that's nice. And so then, you know, you said you'd rather have a day off. What, what is your, what is Matt Horton's afternoon off look like? How do you spend your time when you're not just getting buff and throwing down case? Um, like if I have a weekend, I'll try and get down to the beach or something and go for a surf, go for a walk or a hike, um, or like anything on the water, which <laughs> is crazy, like a sail or literally anything. Um, if I only have an afternoon, it's probably just like a chill out at home, watch a movie, maybe like crunch through some uni or like life admin that has to be done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So that's that, you know, that's interesting. Obviously schooling there is different. I, I don't really know the system for it, but you know, it's like you're 24 years old. You're, I, I, I guess you're in university. How does, how does schooling work for you? Um, just in terms of, you know, how much work you have each, I don't know, term. Um, I don't know how that's yeah. broken up, but what, what does the university think, look like? I think it's, I'm not across the US system, but I think it's probably more flexible in Australia. Um, so for me, I'm at a university that offers like fully online courses. And because of that, there's no locked in like term or trimester or semester or whatever. Um, so it can just tick around all year. And you can literally start a subject at the start of every month if that's what you want to do or two subjects or three subjects. And so it's great. For me because it's like super tailorable to where i am in the year um and like how tired i am or what's coming up um but it also means i can probably get through it faster than if i was doing like part-time with semesters because i can go all year round so like over christmas whatever i'll still be studying you guys don't have a big christmas holiday but that's our big holiday so your yeah. mid-year whatever equivalent yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting uh that's pretty cool yeah yeah and um but even like normal university uh like day-to-day -day student whatever like we don't have like obviously no college system so it's not linked with sport um but they're still super supportive of people who are like competing at a high level or whatever there's programs to support athletes in university in australia um, and you can still do part-time, whatever university, and then be able to train and compete as well. Nice. And so with that, do you have like a set date of like, okay, I'm going to have a, I don't, do, do you get a degree? I'm going to have a degree by this point or, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just wondering, cause I don't know. Um, you know, or like, do, are you working towards something specific or are you just taking classes at this point? No, no, I'm working towards a business degree. Um, okay. When that, I don't know when I'm going to finish. So to be honest, like I never look at how far I've gone <laughs> or how much I have left. I just, I was just like, yep, I'll just do one more, one more subject and just keep chipping away at it. 
Um, but yeah, I probably should figure out where I am and how much longer there is to go. <laughs> yeah. Overrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm nerding out. Let's, let's get back to swimming back to the real reason why we're here. Um, <clears throat> so you, you're, you're back to a fairly normal routine. What, what is training looked like for you the past few months have you been really grinding out yardage or is it more you know i know a lot of people here are kind of getting their toes wet first and then kind of building back into it but uh what's your training group like and what have you guys been doing lately we took it so slow after having the eight or nine weeks out of the water like our first couple of weeks we might have been hitting i don't know first week would have been like five 3k sessions or something like nothing (laughs) um and like two hour long 3k sessions like a lot of skull a lot of drill just going so slow getting a feel for the water um really building like our base skills um and making sure that they're good before we slowly built up k's uh and that was i think we were back in the water like maybe june-ish maybe just before that and now we're up to like 55K a week, which still isn't massive across nine sessions. Um, but yeah, these days I probably only get up to like 60, 65, I reckon. Um, when I was 1500 Mac, I was like 75, which is still probably on the low end of 1500 training. Um, so yeah, still like relatively low Ks, but we're definitely closer to where we were pre lockdown. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. Uh, okay. Sorry. I, I can't keep up with the news. I know you had, I know you had maybe announced once you're like, okay, I'm not doing the 1500 anymore. And you said when I was 1500 Mac, do you, do you not intend to race the 1500 anymore? Not really. Um, maybe for fun, but not like at a serious level. Um, it was 20, 2018 Com Games was probably my last serious one. Uh, I'd love to still be able to do it, but um, I think just as I've gotten older, my body isn't so uh, inclined to the distance like events. It's gotten a bit bulkier, a bit stronger, um, and there's a fair bit more mass to carry through the water these days. <laughs> I I mean, it seems to be working out fairly well as of late uh you know you've come down in distance a little you've you 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 gone a 200 free pb in the last couple of years you helped uh you anchored that that 800 free relay at worlds to to gold right you were the anchor on that one yeah yeah i mean uh you know so it seems like it's 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 going all right for you you, you split split 144 eight uh to bring the aussies home to gold and the uh, eight free relay at last world champs. Uh, actually, I want to talk about that relay because that was freaking, that's one of the best races I've ever seen. I mean, there were five teams all just vying uh, across 800 meters, you know, in, until, yeah. until really you hopped in that last 100. Um, everyone was so close. What, what was, uh, what was it like? when that race started and it was so close, what, what were you guys saying behind the blocks? What were you thinking as, you know, as your leg was coming up? Um, I think we've spent a lot of time 
like trying to build, I guess, the camaraderie in that relay team. Like we do in Australia, we do national event camps. And so like they might get the top eight or 12, 200 freestylers together. Same with the hundred freestyle. Um, but then also like IMers and stuff. So everyone has a chance to train with people in similar events, but also if it's a relay event, you have an opportunity to push each other, see where everyone's at, practice changeovers. Um, and we've been doing that for a couple of years. And I feel like the momentum's just been building um, maybe since like 2017-ish, everyone's really started to get into the four by two. Like I remember like at club meets, everyone be like, ah, oh, the four by two, it sucks. Like, uh so far whatever everyone's always so tired um but everyone's really buying into it now and everyone really wants to be a part of it at that world champs um and i don't know i, I think we knew it was going to be close but we also knew what we were capable of and still know what we are capable of um as a team uh and in terms of my leg it's just like I, I love the pressure at the end um, because you have no choice but to do it for the team. There's, there's no hiding. There's no escaping. Um, and it's fun. That's like the most fun leg. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's I, not many, not many people would agree, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think the I think the real racers would agree. And, uh, and I think, you know, it certainly seems like you kind of step up for that moment. Um, I mean, it, it seemed like, uh, the, the 400 free at that meet was kind of a similar thing was like, you weren't really on anyone's radar, but on the biggest stage, you just, you just kind of stepped up and made it happen. Uh, how, how would you analyze that race? Um, I don't know if I've watched it. I haven't even watched the 800 free relay, to be honest. <laughs> but like Australian relays, I think we won five, six, seven at that. Like we won a, quite a few of them at that meet, um, which is our best performing relay meet since like the early 2000s. Um, everyone was just so into the team and so wanted to be a part of that team. Um, and I remember because we, we select uh, uh, six people for the 800 free relay, as you call it. I call it four by two. Um, okay. yeah. And so when we do the heat swim, it's like we rest the two fastest, obviously, and then it's a swim off to see who wants to be in the final or who can get into the final, um, <laughs> which is more intense probably, I would say, than the final because everyone wants it that bad. Yeah. Uh, but that's great to have everyone wanting it that bad that is i guess the base of the team that that is really cool and that's i think yeah that speaks a lot to where it seems like swimming australia is at right now um which which is uh in a good place i'm i'm going back to the to the 1500 for one more just one more question. Um, so like, so you're not going to train for the 1500 and you, you know, you're not going to race it seriously, but do you think, you know, if you, if you train for the two and the four, you might throw a 1500 in there and, and have a really good result. If you get more speed training, maybe more so the 800, um, the 1500 just takes 
so much work, especially with the times people are punching out at the moment. Like you got to be 30s to even have a shot at the podium. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Greg and uh, Romanchuk, they're just absolutely fanging it. It's unbelievable. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, I, I love Greg. I'm so happy for him to uh, be doing so well. Um, he came and trained with me for like maybe six months or so before 2018 Com Games, um, which I think actually probably helped me realize that the direction my body was going because our bodies are, are quite different and the way we swim is quite different. Um, and it was just great to have like that feedback every training session of this is example A, this is example B, uh, this is how this handles this set and this is how you handle this set um, and to see how we both went through like a week or a month differently was really interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that probably that experience probably helped me come to that conclusion as well. Um, but yeah, I I really wish I could still do it. Um, but swimming slow is not that fun, especially for fifteen hundred meters. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. Simple. Yeah. Um, when you've got fifteen minutes to think, geez, this is slow. You don't want to be there. <laughs> Which which makes total sense, and that's that's a really interesting point you bring up. Um, I just talked to Jordan Wilamowski earlier today, who's one of uh, you know the USA's top milers. He's like five eight hundred. He's like yeah. my size. Uh, Greg Greg Paltrinieri, I probably said that the most American way you can. Um, yeah, he's uh, Greg is is a, on the smaller side, I think, and then you are how tall? Like six six. I'm 6'3". I think Greg and I are probably the same height, but in terms of like weight, I'm, I'm like 90-ish yeah. kilos. He's like 70-ish. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, wow. I didn't realize Greg was 6'3". Dang. I've never, I guess yeah. I've, I, I think I've seen you from afar at Swim Meets and you, I mean, you're just looming. You are a big dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, like you. you have these massive <laughs> shoulders and it's like, holy crap. Like you look like you should be swimming the 50 free. And, uh, one and then, day, I think like at the rate it's going, I'm getting shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> so like my, down there. <laughs> my fifth or sixth Olympics, I'll be doing the 50. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. And so that's, it's really interesting. You say that you got that kind of feedback when you were training with Greg and that's something I wanted to hit on. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, you guys trained together for a long time. It, what was the most epic thing you guys did? Because I know I was curious of like, man, these two distance powerhouses, they got to be just cranking out some crazy sets. I mean, was it, was it, a, you, you hear about when, um, when really good people train together and they just push each other every single day. And like, sometimes their coaches have to split them up because it gets too competitive. W was, was it like that? It was like that. And it was exhausting. Um, <laughs> Because, like, to get into that competitive mindset every day and to constantly be worrying about, I have to beat this person, is <laughs> drains you so much. Um, but it was so good. I'm, I'm trying to remember some sets. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm shocking with numbers and, like, remembering uh, sets and times. But, like, 
classic 31s at like 1500 pace on 130 or something or faster than 1500 pace um and greg would beat me at that um pretty not like by a lot but comfortably um but then we'd also do like more sprint style stuff or 400 pace stuff so like maybe 850s on 45 or 400 pace um or faster and like three sets of that uh and that's where i kind of got one on him um (laughs) and it's just like comparing rates and stroke counts and stuff like my rate for like a 400 pace 50 like 35 36 is like 45 um again with stroke counts i'd be like 28 he'd be 40 something um so it's just so interesting to to see how we both got to roughly the same point um and we kind of like met in the middle of the spectrum but he could go this way and i could go this way Mm. um yeah and i think it's just the way our strokes and style and bodies are set up allowed for us to go those directions that yeah that's that that is really interesting um because yeah greg has such a unique stroke the thing that stands out to me about is like he has this like cross kick (laughs) when he swings the mile that i don't know if you've ever noticed it but i find it funny because it's like that dude's going 14 30 and he's his legs look like this but (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it helps him. Like he's figured it out. It like helps his um, arm flow, I guess, because he puts more momentum into a into one side of the stroke. Very scientific. That's a good way to put it. But he, he's he's certainly figured it out. Uh, yeah. So, um, talking talking about training partners, do you have you know a a, a, a specific set of people that you train with every day? um that that you know kind of push you and help you get better we have a squad of 10 which i think is probably small by like the u.s standard obviously no college systems it's like you have to join a swimming club like you would join a sporting club anywhere um and yeah there's no one that swims 400s in there or up uh there's a few people that like touch the 200 but also do 100 more so um so i definitely have people to push me in in (laughs) terms of speed and 200 pace work um but like over distance 400 pace i'm riding solo at the moment and i like i probably have for most of my life except for when people come and visit and train for a bit uh so i'm used to it and i quite enjoy it like i'm I'm happy by myself. I'm happy to just focus on what I need to do. Um, And I guess like just keep chipping away at times. Um, Sometimes I think it's like, if you have someone there to race, it's good for a bit, but it's also very easy to get caught up in what they're doing. Um, And I think energy is better used focusing on what you need to do. (laughs) that's that's very interesting um to kind of two takeaways there one you're happy training on your own um because you can just focus on yourself and that i don't think you hear many people say that 
certainly not sounds super selfish when you say that (laughs) i don't i don't think that's selfish i think you know well as a professional athlete you have to be selfish right i mean it's like you're you're focusing on yourself you got to do what's best for you and and uh and so that makes sense to me um thank you yeah i mean that that seems logical but also uh it sounds like you're extremely competitive because if there's someone else you're gonna want to beat him (laughs) i but see i wouldn't say i'm actually that competitive until uh maybe it only comes out at like certain points or certain times like i love a big meet where the pressure's on but even then i don't think i'm trying to beat other people i think it's like this is my time to see how far i can push myself on with a bit of pressure in this environment um it's probably more so like the competitive thing is when someone is there to push you i feel like it's assumed that you should be pushing each other if that makes sense like there's a pressure to feed off each other. That's like, maybe I don't want that. Maybe I just want to focus on what I need to do. And you're like, give me some goal times or I know the times I need to go and I'll just try and do them. Yeah. I th- I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think you come across, well, maybe this is not true, but you know, I think it's a lot of people say it's a lot easier to, you know, to motivate yourself. Um, when you have other people around you and it seems like you're just very self-motivated. Yeah. But then like in gym, I love having other people there to like alternate sets with and push them along to the same weight I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it's more because I want to see them do well and I want them to like keep up or whatever. It's not... I sound crazy. <laughs> you're, you're trying to convince me you're not selfish and I believe you. I'm, I'm <laughs> not, <laughs> no, I'm trying to, I'm not going to do what's best for them. <laughs> uh, no, but I do. I want to see people do well. That's, uh, I, I believe as you. well as myself. Because I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, uh, what, what kind of lifting, what is, what is a gym session for you look like? It changes throughout the year. Um, so like at the moment it's just pure strength, I guess. And then as we get closer to racing, we put in some power and speed, um, to try and get the snappiness. Um, that's pretty standard. I would say like, like chins, bench dips, squatting, um, and then like auxiliary exercise basically to keep your body in shape and stretch it out and work things that need to be worked to stay healthy. So how much? Um, I know you go. I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say. All right. uh, Give me, give me, give me a number. How much, how much are you, are you squatting? (laughs) Um, I, I've been doing front squats lately. I got up to Mm. like a hundred kg. I don't know what that is in pounds or whatever. And back squats, I've just started doing this season and I'm at 120 kg. So 100, 100 kg, that's 220 pounds front squat. That, to me, that's legit. I don't lift a lot, but I think that's legit. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, there's definitely more powerful and stronger people out there. Like when you get into the sprinting end of swimmers, they are so strong, particularly like around chins and stuff. Um, I don't know. I can only do like 30, 35 kg. There's people that do like 50, 60. It's insane. Chin, like, oh, like pull up sorry with weight with weight yeah gotcha yeah I, well sorry yeah you, you started talking about weight and i was like wait is he talking about chin-ups or you know chins but okay yeah. gotcha yeah. uh so speaking of sprinters what do you think about the isl break it down i'm all for it um anything to i don't know shake up swimming it's just been the same for so long really my one gripe with the ISL is I hate short course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to see it long course, but I understand that short course is easier to swim back to back to back. It's easier to fill a stadium with people when it's a smaller pool. Um, but yeah, it's great to see just something different in swimming. Um, but I think still for me, like, the Olympics will always be the priority. So I, I, I did think about doing it last year, um, but it just didn't fit in in terms of what we wanted to do to get out of the year. Um, but this year was different because we haven't had the opportunity to race. So any opportunity to race, we were going to jump on. Like I haven't raced since January or February or something. Mm. Um, and so we were going to use it as an opportunity to travel a bit and race uh but obviously didn't happen this year yeah yeah uh so that's a couple interesting things there um <clears throat> first being that uh you you prioritize the olympics as as many swimmers across the world do certainly as as many swimmers in the u.s does um for you personally why you know why why is that why why are olympics number one for sure for for matt horton it's just it you know like i think um like growing up in australia it swimming at the olympics has always been so big especially with Anthorpe, grant hackett kieran perkins like it is yeah. it and a bit um so it's impossible to like get over that and get over the history of Australian swimming at the Olympics. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that makes sense. And uh, yeah. I, I do want to diverge a little bit. Uh, you're an Olympic champion. You, you won Olympic gold in Rio in the foreigner freestyle. I, I want, I just want, I want your perspective on that race because it was a tight race. I mean, it was, I mean, I guess there was, as much on the line as any other race, but I remember watching that and just being so nervous because that was such a close race. And, uh, and you came out on top. Um, take me, take me through, you, you know, you said you love pressure cookers. You love when, when the, the when the lights are on in those big meets, your first Olympic games, your first Olympic race, uh, was, did you feel confident? Were you nervous? Was, you know, take, take me through your headspace at that. I think like the day before I was most nervous that I wasn't nervous, um, which is crazy to think about. I just, 
I don't know. I felt so it, so like complete and whole and confident, um, which is exactly where you want to be when you're about to race an Olympic final. And I think a lot of the lead up, obviously physically is getting ready for that day, but mentally being able to feel that on that exact day um, is it's a massive part. Uh, and in terms of the race, it's like the Olympics is not, I would say, like a high performance environment. Um, people are there to race to win. It's not like obviously you're swimming as fast as you can, but really you're swimming to win. Um, And so we'd, I don't know, for the year, months leading up to it, we'd like had this race plan in our pocket that we always kind of practiced when we did like smaller club meets or state meets or what have you. Um, And so by the time I got to the Olympics, it was like, I know exactly what race plan I need to swim. Uh, based on who we think is going to be in the final and the way they swim it to win, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so it was like, I was, I think I turned fifth or something at the 200 or something, but I was like, this is chill. This is fine. Um, I know exactly what I'm doing. And this is where we turn up the gas a bit um, as we'd practiced over and over and over Uh and try and hurt everyone a little bit um, because we, we knew how people swam it. We knew who went out hard and overdid it, who had a back end and where I had to position myself to be in the best place um, to challenge for that, that first place on the wall. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, sorry, I'm just soaking it in. I'm, I'm going to have to watch this race. Now, once we're done with this podcast, because uh, that's that's really cool to hear, and I don't, I've I've never heard someone talk about prep like that before. You know, just uh, I mean, that's like that's something you see in a movie. Uh, that's cool. Maybe it's just like why why would you do something different or new in an Olympic final? Like, why wouldn't you do something that you've practiced over and over and over again? And you don't even have to think about it. You just know exactly what you have to do. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> Keep it simple. Win an Olympic gold medal. There you go, kids. <laughs> um, all right. So um, I got, we're, I'm going to touch on this. I'm going to, I'm going to do most of the talking here. So we, we talked about this beforehand. You, you obviously have a history with Sun Yang, who you were racing in that Olympic final. Uh, you know, you, in 2019, you won silver. He won gold in the 400 meter free at world champs. Uh, you didn't stand on the podium, um, you know, made headlines. Uh, you have whatever opinion you want on that. Um, and then Sun Yang gets an eight year doping ban. And uh, I'm sure you – I have one question to ask you about this, and then we're going to talk about something else. What What was your reaction uh, when that verdict dropped? Um, maybe, like, a bit of sadness, I think. I think, like, I want the best for 
the sport of swimming, I want to race the best clean athletes there are. Um, and I want swimming to be, I guess, like held in a light that is respected around the world amongst other sports um, to, I don't know, try and push swimming as far as we can. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was sad, I think. Sorry, I'm taking it in. Not you know that not the not the response I necessarily expected, but I think that's a that's a really good answer. Um, you're a cool guy. All right, <laughs> so uh, let's 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 dive into um, you. You said currently you're training about 55k a week. Um, what is, what's, what's a favorite kind of set of yours? You know, now that you're not 1500 Mac, you're going for more, more mid rangey stuff. Um, what do you really enjoy, uh, in training nowadays? Uh, anything 400 pace really, um, broken 400s, like eight fifties or 150, 150, 100. And we might do like in a set four broken fours in different ways um but also it really depends on how i'm feeling like speed for me is so hit and miss um which is frustrating and when it's there i'm all for it <laughs> but when it's not <laughs> it is such a slog um but yeah i love touching on 400 pace when it's good i also from my 1500 history just love throwing on the biggest paddles I can find and just grinding laps <laughs> um, it's just so nice um, we do this oh, this is a good set the minute man um, I don't know if you've heard of it it's like 100 on 2 minutes 200 on 3 minutes 300 on 4 and you just keep going up as far as you can so it ends up being like 1000 on 11 minutes 1100 on 12 minutes uh -huh. um, that's one of my favourites probably <laughs> how far so, have you made <laughs> yeah how far have you made it up the ladder I think I've made 1100 I can't remember though some about there yeah okay. usually we it's not it's not often we do it as far as we can go like usually it's just go to 900 or whatever gotcha um yeah <laughs> big paddles pull away and go for it <laughs> so you're you're someone who can just pull uh do you kick much yeah we kick I, I think it's probably a lot, but it's good. Like we, every session we'd have a kick set, like after a main set, probably about a K of kick every session. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do like two main kick sets a week and they're like two, two and a half K sets of kick. Um, so yeah, I can kind of kick too, not as well as I can pull. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we all know swimmers who are really good at pulling, really good at kicking uh you're you're a polar i mean yeah. i mean that makes sense i think um okay i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna we're, I'll, i don't want to keep you too much longer um but i have met a couple of your australian teammates i got to spend some time in season one isl with jack mclaughlin 
Clyde Lewis. They're great guys. They had great things to say about you. Uh, if you were, if, if you were going to, um, you know, like you said, you, you swim by yourself quite a bit, especially when you're doing 400 stuff. If you were going to train with someone in Australia for like a week or a couple weeks, uh, who, who would you want to train with and why? Uh, Jack's a pretty easy answer. Jack McLaughlin. We're good friends. He's, uh, we're like similar range in terms of 400, 1500. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd, we'd be pushing each other a lot. But also I did, end of 2019, I did a week with, uh, you might not know the club, TSS, but they have a lot of open water swimmers and it was like, so many k's it was quite fun (laughs) um i yeah that's a good week but if i was like a good week for a pre-season i would say for me um but if it was closer to racing or whatever probably jack mclaughlin um he goes hard he goes real hard Uh, what you, you swam at TSS with open water swimmers. What made that so enjoyable for you? Well, firstly, the sunshine, um, it's up on the gold coast um, in Melbourne, mm-hmm. which is typically a little bit cooler. Um, and it was just like so different to what I do. Like, um, even when I was doing 1500, it was so different to what I did. We did a set and it was like 2200s, one max, one mod, um, which is just like crazy. It was so hard. <laughs> That's a lot of two hundreds. Yeah, it is. Uh, wow. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, all right. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap things up here. Um, it's been great talking to you, man. Uh, moving forward in the next couple months, you know, obviously, um, you're an Olympic guy. You've got you've got 2021 in your head. Uh, moving through these next couple of weeks, couple of months, obviously, it's a weird time for everyone. Um, what is what are things looking like for you? Do you have any competitions you're focusing on? Do you even have competitions to go to? Um, what, what what what's training looking like? Um, ramping up training continually. Uh... <laughs> And then I think towards the end of the year, there's like Queensland States and we're hoping to get up there. Um, But there's currently like border closures in Australia. So you can't go between States, but we'll see what happens in a month or so. Um, I think there's also a, like a virtual short course meet, Um, but I love short course. So (laughs) can't wait for that one. Uh, (laughs) awesome (laughs) um and then like it's it's at the moment it's so hard to plan a year because you just don't know what's going to be open um but i think next year will obviously there won't be any international travel until the big dance um so it'll just be like interstate state championships or uh maybe like a few training camps um but yeah, again, it, it's just so hard to know what's going to happen. And like we have plan ABC, et cetera, um, mm-hmm. because it's, everything's changing so quickly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question. I promise. I forgot to ask this earlier. Why, why do you dislike short course so much? <laughs> um, 
because I'm not very good at, like I said before, swimming slow is not fun. And <laughs> I think it's just um, like the way my stroke is, it's, it's quite long. Um, and like, I reckon I'm still accelerating by the time I get to 35 meters in a 50 meter pool. And so like in a 25 meter pool, it kills me. I just get moving and then I have to get going again. Um, and it just wears me down so much. Um, and also turns up fun. I'm coming from a 1500 background. It's just like, get me out of here. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Mac, thanks so much for sitting down and talk with me for a little bit. I've, I've really enjoyed this and hopefully uh, things go well for you in the next couple of months and we can catch up sometime down the road. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs>